It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf guru, golf expert, got Uncle Dave in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Dave underscore Essler. You guys can always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. Another Tuesday, another golf podcast this week. We head to the RBC Heritage in Harbortown, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Last year's winner of this event, Jordan Spieth. He returns this year to return as champion with 22 to 1 odds. A favorite to go ahead and win this event this year is Scotty Shuffler, right around 8 or 9 to 1. You guys know how we do this. Uncle Dave and I will go ahead. We'll cover first round leaders, make and miss the cut head to heads, top 40s through top fives. And of course, Uncle Dave and I will go ahead and we'll give out our winners. Quick recap from last week. The Masters there, Uncle Dave, seemed a little tricky. Weather got interesting. Seemed like they were trying to do everything they could in their power to go ahead and squeeze that one in uh, before Sunday ended. They got it done. John Rahm takes it down. He gets the green jacket. Uh, phenomenal play from him. And actually, Brooks, Brooksy played really well at, at also. But um, it was a tough tournament for, for me. I ended up down like, like right around 9, 10 units. And I wasn't exactly happy about that. I know you were kind of in the same boat with me. We had like a bunch of like near misses, a bunch of almosts, top 40s through top fives. That just, you know, the one shot, you know, could could end up, you know, turning your day around or, or at least making it salvageable. And it seemed like we just had numerous guys that were there. They were they were locked in, playing well, falling off a cliff, end up with a bogey here, miss putt there. And then before you know it, it's like, shit, could have been good. But anyway, Uncle Dave, could have, could have, would have, should have. But um, I enjoyed the Masters. It, was, it sucked kind of seeing Tiger go out the way that he did. But um, I'm not sure how much of the Masters you caught. I watched it all four days. I had fun. Kind of glad John Rahm won. Best golfer, right? He deserves to win. So it was fun to watch. How much did you see? What did you make of the, the, you know, the entire charade there with the Masters this week? I mean, yeah. I mean, I got a couple of points. I mean, I was with you that, you know, um, a couple of things. I mean, I had every guy that I had in, you know, I had an interest in. I think only one missed the cut. That was the one I actually kind of gave you to maybe make the cut. So that was a that was a kick in the butt start. But I had a lot of guys that were one off. I mean, I think you know I had space to win, and you know he did well. He just took a little late to do well and finished a few back. And yeah, at Cantley top ten, that was a nice plus one seventy bet. And, you know, he looked like he was going to be solid there, but then he fell apart. So, yeah, I'm with you as far as that goes. And, you know, part of me wonders, you know, maybe did we try to outthink the room a little bit because we knew the weather was going to be a factor and, you know, try, okay, when this guy starts here. This, you know, when it came down to Sunday afternoon, it was the usual suspect. So, you know, maybe we, maybe I anyway, at least tried to outthink the room uh, and paid a few units for it. Well, I certainly tried to outthink the room, Uncle Dave, because I went ahead. I faded pretty much all the LIV guys, and they were nothing short of very good to great. So that didn't work out. That backfired in my face. And I would say probably that what was most annoying was the fact that I went ahead and I took a guy that, that honestly, I don't think anybody had Russell Henley. And I said on the podcast, I'm like, look, this guy, he, he does really good here at this course for some unknown reason or whatever. He's very good at Augusta. And I, I said, you might want to use them in top fives, top tens, top twenties. I might consider it. And then I turned around, Uncle Dave, and I don't bet the guy. I don't bet him to go top 20, top 10, top five. I would have had a monster ticket 
you know, had he ended up landing top five, which he did, I really wish I had that ticket. So that, that kind of just pissed me off. It really just burned me up, you know, for pretty much all Sunday because I didn't know if he was going to be there. But as I saw him playing through Sunday, I'm like, damn it. I'm like, stupid, stupid. So, you know, it happens from time to time, but it's nothing we can go ahead and hang our hats on. But look, you know, we got a lot more golf left. Uncle Dave and I were going to go ahead and chalk it up right around minus 15 units for the Masters, but still, you know, we're still in the green, still up on the year. We're going to go ahead and say we're up right around, you know, 10 units or 15 units, somewhere in that area. So a lot of work to do. Uncle Dave and I have been known to go ahead and knock out uh, a lot of winners, sometimes right in a row. And we're going to go ahead, we're going to start that up here uh, with the RBC Heritage. Now, Uncle Dave, let's go ahead, let's get into our first round. Before we do that, why don't you go ahead, let us know how the weather is looking for this week. Is it going to be as bad as it was at the Masters? Um, probably not, but it's not going to be great. I mean, Thursday looks good. Friday and Sunday look pretty wet. So, you know, when I looked at it yesterday, I said if the forecast doesn't change, you know, this could well be a Monday finish. I mean, it's 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 going to – I mean, it's like an 80% chance of actual rain, not, you know, 50% chance of afternoon thunder showers. So, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be great. I mean, one of the things I thought of there is with these uh, – they got a pretty elite field here compared to what they usually have in Harbortown, which is a little bit surprising. But I was thinking a lot of these guys that played the Masters, um, you know, if they don't have a good Thursday round, uh, they might not play well on Friday either and just kind of miss the cut. So we'll have to wait and see, Sleepy, but it's uh, it's not going to be four days of sun and fun. All right. Well, let's go. Let's get into first round leaders. I'll let you go ahead first. I only have one this week. Some of you may be able to guess it, but I got one. So, Uncle Dave, what are you looking at first-round leaders? I'm going I'm to maybe guess it, but I'll, I won't say it out loud. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I took all these guys, and I said, i got to put them somewhere. And, you know, Xander, 40-1, to 1, it's his type of course. Um, he played well last week. I think he was T10, fairly quiet. Um, you know, for an Olympic gold medal winner in 10 events this season, he's had five top-10 finishes. Um, I, I'm going to use him top-10 as well, but I'm also going to use him to – uh, have the first round lead. Excuse me, I'm going to use Cam Young. Um, he was first round leader last year. He opened with a 63. Uh, book ended it Sunday with a 66. Finished T third. I mean, he's now ranked 13th in the in the world. He's made every cut this year, and uh, he's one of the second tier guys that shouldn't have what you call a Masters meltdown. I mean, I would think he would do well early, but I'm not sure that maybe it doesn't get to him later. He's a pretty emotional guy. So that's where I stuck him. And Sam Burns, um, you know, his Masters week wasn't all that bad. I think he was a victim of the weather. Um, he likes this course. He's publicly said so. It's one of his favorites. And, you know, someone that I think he'll be in it to win it, um, given that it's a really good field. He's ninth game in shots putting. Uh, and that will be a big deal with these greens. They're tiny. And he's also sixth in what they call going for the greens on par fives. Uh, and this course has three that can be had without too much trouble. Uh, especially the two on the front nine. I know 15 on the back is a bit of a trick uh, because it's a pretty good sized dog leg, but you know, he can't. So I, I actually am going to bet him. I actually going to bet him plus 700 to make an Eagle on day one. All right. So there's an extra little interesting pick there for you guys to go ahead and consider. Uh, as uncle Dave mentioned, he could probably guess who I'm going to take. And you're right, uncle Dave, I am going to go ahead and I'm going to take Wyndham Clark to be the first round leader at a hundred to one. I haven't used him in a while. This guy very good in the first round, but I'm going to throw one more at you, Uncle Dave, and I don't think many people will probably take this one. Probably take him more or less to win, and I'm going to go down and play Sahith Gala to go ahead and be first-round leader. 
I was really encouraged at what I saw from him at the Masters. He finished ninth there, but he had his distance going. His accuracy was going. Uh, his chipping was very good. Putting was, was good. So I have a feeling like he comes in here on a high, not like not looking back at the Masters of what, what could have been, but what more or less maybe like what's, what's ahead for him in his future. He's going to knock out a win here sooner or later. I mean, this guy's been, you know, T5, T2, T3. He's always on the fringes. And with maybe some of the guys that are that are in here, and look, I'm surprised too. You know, you mentioned it. Like, this is a heavy feel. Like, you got Scotty in there, Rom's in there, Morikawa, Xander, Victor. Like, they're all there, right? But I feel like Thagala is going to be a guy that's going to be able to continue to be motivated. And some of those guys might just be coming through, uh, not looking for a win, because they had a rough last week. But I, I really like what Thagala did last week. And I think it could maybe transfer over here into the first round. So I'll go ahead. I'll play Thagala first round leader as well there at 60 to 1. So there's our first round leaders there, guys. Let's go into, let's go ahead and do make and miss the cut there, Uncle Dave. I'll let you go first. Do you have anybody for that one this week? You know, I didn't, but I actually was kind of skipping through. And uh, why don't you go first? And I'm going to relook at my notes here. I, I thought I might have had one. You, you go for it. All right, so I thought about it, and I'm like, should I bet this guy again? Because you remember us going ahead, and we were we were messing with JT Poston for a while, and it seemed like we we kind of jumped on that train at the wrong time, where we were talking about him, giving him props, and then he just you know he failed for like three tournaments in a row, and I'm like, you know, what? I'm done with that guy, and I think now might be the time to go ahead and do that. He, he look, I get it. Sometimes you go through these struggles and in the season. You know, it kind of takes like a big turn when you get to Phoenix. At least that's what I think. And now, you know, the Masters is done and out of the way. Um, I have a feeling like maybe he was gearing up for, for a lesser tournament, maybe in particularly this one. So I think that there's a good chance he makes the cut here, Uncle Dave. And normally I'm looking at the guys to miss. But I think JT posts going to go ahead and make the cut. Now you can get that on FanDuel at minus 180. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Search around. Maybe if you can find like a minus 150, I would really like that. But I feel like there's there's probably another gear for JT Poston. So I'm going to go ahead and use him this week, Uncle Dave. I'm going to go ahead and play him to make the cut at minus 180 right now on FanDuel. Yeah, and, and you know, definitely shop around, guys, because I see him minus 210 at DraftKings to make the cut. Um, I'll throw you in Chris Kirk at minus 190 to make the cut. Um, and I will tell you a little bit more about why later because I have him in my top guys. All right, so make sure you guys go ahead and continue to listen to the podcast to go ahead and get that pick from Uncle Dave. Uh, with that out of the way, let's jump to – let's do head-to-heads here, Uncle Dave. I'll let you go first, head-to-heads. Who are you looking at? Yeah, I got one. Um, Matt Kuchar, minus 120 over Corey Connors. I mean, Kuchar's number one in approach shots from under 125 yards, and you definitely need that at this course. Um, and this is the 20th time you will have played this course. Uh, with a win in a bunch of top tens, I mean, he could also be a first round leader, but um, I played him over Corey Connors. I, I, I kind of don't like Corey Connors as, um, I don't know. I like Corey Connors, but I, you know, he gets a little bit emotional and, um, you know, seeing him last Sunday, I, I think, um, you know, he's, he's a great second tier player. I, I wonder if he thinks he's a first tier player. Um, I don't know yet. I mean, I, that would be, that would be, naive of me to make that assumption about somebody I don't even know. Um, but that's what I'm saying. I, with Kuchar, I know what I'm getting, basically. That was the that was the tiebreaker. So Kuchar over Corey Connors. All right, so there you go. Good stuff there from Uncle Dave. I have one as well there, Uncle Dave. And I'm going to go back to a guy that kind of hurt me last time I went ahead and wagered on him, and that was Sepp Straka. 
But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play him on FanDuel, Sepp Straka over Adam Scott. Look, you would think Adam Scott has been here before, but he hasn't. Sepp Straka has. He's been here like the last three years in a row. And he had a T3 finish here last year. I think that this might be like the catapult for him. Like this might have been, I got to go back through like last year's stuff and see like when he kind of took off and started to hit his stride. I have a feeling it was the RBC Heritage last year when he finished T3. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him over Adam Scott. Look, and I don't have a problem with Adam Scott. I thought he, he looked half decent last week. He, I know he had some uh, some interviews and stuff. He looked really positive. But I think this could be a week where Sepp Strack ends up kind of hitting that next gear as well. So I'm going to go ahead and play head-to-head here. And this is on FanDuel, Sepp Strack, a minus 112 over Adam Scott. Not sure if you like that one there, Uncle Dave, or if you – or if you have any thoughts on, on those two guys and just in, in general, but that's kind of where I was going with my matchup for the week. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough for me to take somebody in this tournament over anybody that hasn't played this course before. I mean, Adam Scott's a veteran and whatnot, but, you know, there's a ton of risk-reward here. I mean, you can, you can go really low um, here. You know, there could be a 62 here if the weather's right, but the the variance in in, in – your game. I mean, you need to have a really good sand game. You need you need to have a lot of things. And I know that he's got that, but so does a lot of people. And I, I think you got to give an advantage or, or make it a disadvantage to him to not having played this course. So, yeah, I like it. I mean, uh, I like Adam Scott, so it's hard for me to bet against him. But you're, you're right. I'll take the emotion out of it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's jump into our top 40s through top fives. Let me give you my first one here, Uncle Dave. I have two, but I want to give you a top ten, which I really, I, I never really put these out there. The first one's going to be John Rahm top ten at plus one hundred five. I thought maybe his odds would be like minus one sixty somewhere in that area, and I get it. Like John Rahm just won the Masters. You know, I'm asking him to finish, you know, top ten again. You know, could he have like a massive, you know, a massive like I'm falling off a cliff right now? I just won the Masters. It's a celebration week. I don't care. But I felt like if he didn't care, Uncle Dave, like, why would he even be here? Like, you just won the Masters. Like, there's no reason you need to, you know, travel all the way to South Carolina after you just won the Masters and, and get ready to gear up for another tournament. But the fact that he's in the field, I think that this is one of those, it's not a fluke. Like, I want to go out and prove that I'm the best golfer in the world. And obviously, Scotty Scheffler, you know, the favorite for this tournament is going to try to do the same thing. Like, he's going to try to rebound in a big way. He wants to win this one now, obviously. But I feel like Rom's going to go out there and he's just going to put another four solid four rounds together and he's going to end up cracking the top 10. And I can get that at even money. You can get it at plus 105 here on FanDuel. So I'm going to do that because I rarely take John Rom because the prices are just garbage. But I feel like this might be a week where the public actually tries to fade him. But I think mentally, motivation-wise, in his mind, he wants to go out, be the world's number one, prove that last week was not a fluke. And, and it, obviously it wasn't a fluke. It's John Rom. But I just feeling like his his mindset this week is like, let me take down another one. Because we already talked a little bit, I think it was maybe, I don't know, maybe like six or seven podcasts ago about the run that Ron was on about when it came to winning. So this might be another one he looks to go ahead and stack up. So John Ron for me, Uncle Dave, top 10, plus 105. I'll go ahead, I'll take a bite on, uh, on Ron for probably the first time in my career. Well, that's interesting, Sleepy. I think that Maybe we've been hanging around each other for too many years because I also had Rom top 10 plus 105 for all the same reasons. I mean, you know, there has to be some sort of letdown, but it's John Rom, and 
you know, he doesn't enter tournaments to screw around. So uh, I did the same exact thing you did. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we just don't need to do the podcast anymore because you know, we both have the same picks, or one of us does it. I don't know. We we end up with a lot of the, a lot of the same guys from week to week uh, because I also took your boy JT Post in top twenty at plus two sixty. You know, he was third here last year with a sixty four on Sunday. I think this is a course for his game. You know, actually played last week and and played on the weekend. Uh, in his two previous events, I think he was ninth and tenth. So that is a that's a winner. Uh, Jordan Spath plus uh, top two, top ten, which I usually avoid. And Cantlay bit me last last week, but um, plus two thirty for Spath. Um, you know he won last year with good reason. I mean this is a shot maker's course, but you know these greens are super tiny, and you'll have to have, you'll have plenty of challenging you know sand shots and and short games. So. Uh, that's another thing you're going to look at if you're doing your own work. But, you know, we, we know Spaeth has one of the best. So I, I don't think he needs his A game to, to be in top 10. Um, I took your boy Russell Henley, top 20 and plus 190. Um, another guy that played last week, and he finished fourth. You know, though he probably thought he could win going in, you know, he wasn't really in any pressure situations to drain energy. Um, there's another top 10 I took that I'm either going to feast or famine week here. Sanjay M. Top 10 plus 275. Um, he's been 13th and 21st here in the last two years, and you know that that's a big thing. And he actually leads the tour in scoring average from 175 to 200, and you know that's a distance you're going to need here um, quite a bit. Uh, so I like that. On my third, Adam Svensson, top 20 plus 500. You know, you guys know I like his game, but he was 26th there last year, so you know let's use that at that price and. One I really like, um, I gave out you Chris Kirk, I think, to make the cut. I like him top 20 and plus 280. I mean, he's number one uh, in approach from 125 to 150. Uh, he's a great putter, um, and he's number one in three-putt avoidance. So, you know, he might not do anything spectacular, uh, but he's not going to kill himself. So, uh, yeah, I ended there, and I could have gone on and on. All right. Well, it's funny you were just talking about how we've seen each other's notes. I'm taking Sunjay there, Uncle Dave, top 30. I'm not going to take him top 10. I, I like the top 30 price. You can get it minus 130 on FanDuel. Look, I used him last week to go ahead and win, and it was tough. I mean, he, I felt like he was one of the guys that got messed around with with the weather situation. But, no, this dude's been good. There's a reason why I've been betting him. He's been inside the top 25 his last four tournaments that he's, that he's golfed. And here at the RBC, he was T13 two years ago t21 last year and the fact that he didn't win the fact that he didn't you know that he wasn't really in contention in the final groups there on sunday i feel like this is a tournament that that he might start eyeing and, and look to go ahead and get back in like the top five or something like that so i feel like top 30 i feel like there's a big buffer there for sun jm and it's only a matter of time before he breaks through and probably wins one of these things so at minus 130 top 30 i feel like this is probably a good time to go ahead and use him again more than likely, I'm probably going to squeeze him into a winner there, Uncle Dave, more than likely. I don't have him as one of my winners, but I'll tell you, I think he's going to strike, and this could be the week. So I'm more than likely going to go ahead and add Sanjay to my winner's list. So with that all out of the way, let's go ahead. Let's jump into those winners there, Uncle Dave. I'll let you go first. I have two. Well, I guess we'll call it three. Throwing in Sanjay right now. But Uncle Dave, what are your winners? Who are you looking at this week? I took Colin Morikawa at 18-1. to he played here last year, and I think he's ready. I mean, since last November, he's had five top tens in 11 events, and 
he played well last week. And, you know, again, I want guys that are shot makers. And, you know, he's one of the best iron players in the game. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, there was a time when he was in that hot streak, you wouldn't bet against him. And, you know, he hasn't won in a while, but it's not like he's been terrible. Um, and Justin Thomas, 28 to 1, and the 12th favorite uh, in this field. I mean, he leads the torrid shots gained around the green. And like as I said, with these tiny greens, a little miss can turn into a big number. So uh, love that. And Matt Fitzpatrick, you know, he was a quiet top 10 at the Masters. Uh, and his history here is solid. He's had three top 15s, including the top four. And he's gone around this course plenty. I mean, and he's also a very good win player. So if that comes into effect, um, you know, I... I, uh, you know, I, 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 I won't, I would want somebody like him in there. You know, I haven't even talked about Scheffler and Cantlay. I mean, I didn't, but, you know, they got to go somewhere. Cantlay's done well before. I mean, and Scheffler's kind of like Rob, and, you know, he's not going to enter tournaments to lose. You know, he's not going to want to miss the cut. So I might use Cantlay top 20 and uh, maybe first-round leader. And as far as Scheffler goes, I mean, I can justify anything here after a subpar performance. For him, anyway, in Augusta, you know, assuming this isn't a practice week, so you could probably throw him, him in top 10. Uh, and those are my guys I hope to see playing Sunday afternoon at, at 6 o'clock. All right, Uncle Dave, well, you took Fitzpatrick, so it, it's kind of like we have our notes here, 27 to 1. I think he was 28 to 1 on, on DraftKings. I like him, too. You can't deny the history, right? I mean, this guy's been really good here. Uh, actually, he was cut. I think he was cut last year, but... Like, the, you know, six or seven years in a row there. I mean, the guy was, you know, top 15, top 10. So I went ahead, used Fitzpatrick. Uh, I also thought about Ricky, but you know what? Like, Ricky just hasn't done good here. And I'm like, is that the guy that I want to use? I'm like, nah, I won't use him. You guys obviously already got Sung J.M. So we'll go ahead and we'll do him. But I'm going to go back to the guy that I gave out last week that I felt golfed really well and just had like a bad, I don't know, maybe like a bad, you know, bad front nine. And that was Victor Hovland. I'm going to go ahead and use him again here at 25 to one. I think that there's a chance that Victor might be able to take one of these down. And he's probably a little discouraged, you know, from where he ended up finishing with, especially with, you know, the start that he had. I felt really comfortable with him, obviously going into last week. So I'm going to go ahead and do that this week there, Uncle Dave. So it's Victor Hovland for me. It's Fitzpatrick, and I'm going to go ahead and use Sung JM as well. So I'll give you guys those three winners uh, for this week. But I don't have any specialty props, but you said you had some type of a prop that you wanted to give out before we wrapped it up. What were you looking at? Yeah, I mean, I don't I do not do a lot of these, but I, I bet Jordan Spieth to make an eagle on Thursday on opening day. Uh, he made two in his final round last year, both of them on the front nine. Uh, and I don't much care about his tee time because those two on the front nine are – are really reachable and it's also fairly well protected from any wind that might crop up. It's fairly, fairly off the water, uh, you know, especially in the afternoon. So if he tees off, you know, uh, late on the back nine, he'll still be fine. Um, you know, if it's a short enough course, course, you know, it is a short enough course that, you know, the only groups I'm going to avoid is the guys that uh, Thursday play the front nine late because, uh, most of the Thursday, Friday guys, because the guys early on the back nine uh, might not have to deal with the same win as the front nine, uh, and it might not be close. So, you know, I think Spaith, knowing this course and having done it, he's going to eagle uh, two or five, I believe they are, on Thursday and make us some good money. 
All right, so there you guys go. There's a little bonus prop for you guys. Uh, unfortunately, we won't have a bonus pod here for you guys next week. Uh, we got the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, and that's one of those team ordeals. So Uncle Dave and I were going to take off next week from the golf pod, but then we'll return April the 27th for the Mexico Open. And last year, that was a pretty good field there, Uncle Dave. John Rahm took down that tournament. So we'll go ahead. We'll jump right back into that. And then from there, you know, it's, you know, we're off and running for, you know, multiple, multiple weeks in a row. So good stuff there, Uncle Dave. Thank you for jumping on the podcast. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Dave underscore Essler. Make sure you guys go ahead and get us over there at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games.